conclude our chat with Cameron Kelleher. I hope you stay with us. Cameron Kelleher continues his thoughts on esports and particularly how the World Rallycross will move through the COVID-19 crisis. Rally Sport E-Series, is that using your professional drivers or is it esports drivers that you're using? Uh, it's a combination, uh, much like the other e-racing series that are, that are happening now. So we have um, a set number of places for uh, World RX professional drivers. We have um, a couple of places for esports professionals. Um, and then we have um, some invited guests. So um, last time out, we had a guy called Nicky Tim who, who plies his trade for Aston Martin in GT racing in uh, World Endurance Championship. Uh, we had a guy called Jimmy Broadbent, who is a professional uh, um, YouTuber um, and a couple of other um, influencers, if you like. So it's a, it's a mix of professional race drivers, um, YouTubers, uh, and professional gamers. The reason you go for that blend is because you, you maximize your engagement level. So a guy like Jimmy Broadbent, um, I think at one point during our live stream of the Catalonia event, he had 15,000 live viewers alone. And then these, his overall engagement level was uh, 115,000 and he has a following of 500,000 people on YouTube alone. So um, I know that's not necessarily the model for, for all esports series, um, but I mean, I'm thinking of supercars. So they have, I think they're introducing Joey or they did introduce Joey Logano from, from NASCAR this, this particular round, I guess through the Ford connection. Um, we've seen McLaughlin go from supercar to IndyCar iRacing and we tried to get him for World Rallycross actually. So if you're listening, um, Craig, the offer's still there. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's a mixture of, of all three categories to answer your question, Craig. Cameron, do you see, uh, this, um, live streaming, um, being a part of the Speedway Grand Prix in this current climate? I think you mean esports uh, there, don't you, Dennis? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, short answer uh, is yes, Dennis. Um, like I said before, there's there's a bit of development time needed to, um, to be able to um, go and capture the data that we need to, to build, um, build the games, etc. cetera. But, um, yeah, definitely, I think that's the trend, the modern trend. And if you're not, swimming in that and you're not really going to um, derive the benefits that your rivals are. Um, so, yeah, definitely that's that's uh, in the planning. And when all this is over, the COVID-19, I guess it's setting a, a new trend electronically as well, even though the live sporting events come back and there's crowds at stadiums, et cetera, are all back to normal again. I guess the world's forever going to be different and all this electronic technology I guess it's found a really good place going into the future. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think, you know, Formula One um, or, or the, the engineers and the data specialists in Formula One um, being the um, um, the geeks that they are, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way of taking learnings from esports into what they do in real life. Um, certainly the drivers do. And if you look at... Um, 
uh, Lando Norris, you know, he has his um, regular strategist in his ear. Um, NASCAR have spotters, um, and I'm sure those guys are taking learnings um, for, for you know what comes next in in real life racing, in terms of car setup or in terms of um, you know drivability or in terms of strategy for sure. Um, I, I'd imagine if you were competing in a in a round of the Australian Grand Prix and esports this weekend, and there was the Melbourne Grand Prix happening the following weekend for real, I there's no question in my mind that if you if you um, if you competed well at the east in the esports race, it would follow that you would have a good real race because of the data and the learnings that you took from that esports event. That was my next question, actually. It prepares the drivers in a different way for the real thing. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Dale Her- Earnhardt Jr. actually uh, watching um, the IndyCar iRace um, a couple of weeks ago, and he was actually saying that um, in some respects it's a lot harder to race um, as an esports racer than it is um, in real life because you don't get the seat of the pants feel that you do in a um, you know in a NASCAR or or an IndyCar. Um, you, you also your um, visibility is also different in terms of what you're doing uh, on an esports console or steering wheel versus um, uh, versus being in real life. So. Uh, yeah, certainly those guys have found it challenging and it hasn't always followed that the guys that are the top of the tree in real life are the guys that are, um, are making a success of, uh, of esports. Although, you know, there are a few exceptions like Will Power and, um, and McLaughlin himself have been successful uh, in that crossover. I think um, probably what your involvement, it's, it's an incredible career. You, you've had a front row seat to seeing people face challenges. Um, what is the thing that has impressed you most about sportsmen and sportswomen and for that matter? What's the one feature that you've admired with all these kind of competitors in all their different disciplines? Uh, I think I'll go back to the point that uh, Jackie mentioned to me um, in a conversation with him very early on where he said, you know, you've got to, as a – as a uh, as a racing driver, you've got to compartmentalise things. Um, so you know, you talked about danger, but also um, you've got to be able to switch on and off. I mean, if you look at um, the daily routine of a of a modern Formula One driver, so he'll get to the tr- get to the circuit at like maybe seven o'clock. He'll go through his fitness routine with his with his personal trainer. He'll go into a series of, of briefings with his engineers. Um, he'll then go back and have a bit of downtime. Um, he'll then go and study data sheets um, and uh, telemetry traces and get his mind around, you know, what the day brings. And then, uh, the, you know, the PR manager will come and knock on his door and take him up to the hospitality suite where he's got to switch from being a totally focused racing driver doing his day job to someone that smiles nicely, shakes the hand of a CEO or pats the head of the, of the daughter of um, the CEO, um, answer mundane questions uh, from someone like me um, and just completely switch character. And then he'll leave that environment and he'll go back and 
and put himself into his um, his racing shoes again. Um, and so the ability to be able to do that um, at that level externally, but then the ability to be able to get in that cockpit and make snap decisions about breaking point or overtaking or uh, turn in or, you know, and he's got uh, his strategist in his ear talking about um, switching strategy on pit stops um, and having to kind of process all of that information that's coming at him and then drive the car, uh, adjust brake bias, talk on the radio, um, fend off challenges from someone who's coming up uh, behind him or just weaving his way through, you know, slower cars, just all that, all those tasks and all those decisions and all that data that's going through that person's brain at any one time and their ability to be able to just manage it and, and just process it and make the right decision, I think, is is the thing that impresses me most about about those guys. Cameron, there's so much more we could talk about, but uh, we must uh, call it a day now. Thank you very much for giving us your time here on Inside Motorsport, and uh, we look forward to seeing the next round of the World Rally Sport E-Series uh, coming up in a week's time. Okay, thanks very much, Craig and Dennis. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Kelleher and Dennis Newland joining us for that series of interviews. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.